You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Heather Younger, founder of Top Shelf Cookies. Heather's a longtime listener. She was just telling me that every morning she starts by having a cup of coffee, no one can bother her, and listening to e-commerce marketing school, which we love. And she's a pretty customer. She also just has an incredible story about shifting online, doing retail and pop-up stores, and even now building out a storefront in 2021, which is incredible. So I thought it'd be really cool to bring her on to chat all things online, offline, and everything in between. Heather, good morning. How are you doing? Thanks for having us on. Yeah, excited. So let's start, like, just help people understand. So what's Top Shelf? What do you guys do? Sure. So we're Boston's craft cookie company. So what that means is we use really good, but sometimes unusual ingredients and just try to focus on making a really good cookie. And for us, we're proud Bostonians who isn't from Boston. And if we can get a Boston reference into the name, even better. So the way we started was literally like any good Bostonian. I am a big sports fan. I'm a 20-year season ticket holder to the Boston Bruins. Nice. And I would bring cookies into the bar pregame as a superstition. And so I would bring these cookies, dark chocolate with peanut butter chips, and we called them the black and gold cookies. And I would bring them into the fours before every single home game. And I brought it all season and the Bruins ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And it was funny because it went from like a couple of dozen for the first home game to game seven of the Stanley Cup final. I think I brought in like eight or nine dozen (laughs) to to the fours that night. Were you like a baker at this time or this was before? No, no. I was working like corporate customer service in a cube and it was miserable. <laughs> Truthfully, it was wow. very miserable. I I was working for a small startup that was acquired by a multinational yeah. giant and my job changed significantly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're bringing these cookies in yeah. and then someone tells you, wow, these are actually really good. Right. Yeah. It went to, it was funny because the Forest Facebook page would be like, oh, big game Friday night. Heather, you're bringing the special cookies, right? So it just kind of grew on its own. So I just I remember going in for a, a playoff game one night and uh, getting ready to leave the office. And my boss was like, well, how long is this going to last? I'm like, well, hopefully till June. And I was just leaving work on time. I wasn't staying late. And I just was driving into town, like so frustrated. I get to the bar and my best friend's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just got yelled at for leaving work on time. <laughs> like, And I just said it like aloud. I said, I just wish I could make cookies for a living. And my most risk averse friend is like, I really wish you would because you've been miserable the last three years. And it's like, sometimes you can't tell your friend that they're miserable at their job until they say like, I'm miserable at my job. And So then I just started looking into it. Bruins won the cup in 11. So that's 10 years ago. And basically worked a bunch of overtime, paid off a bunch of debt so I could take a $10 an hour bakery job to see if this was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, but I still decided to go forward with it. Wow. Yeah. So I was going to say you actually started kind of in a shared kitchen. Yeah. What, selling in person? or? Yeah. So we started off like special orders. Like I'm very much a slow and steady wins the race. Like it's so funny when I listen to your podcast and people are like, oh, I started with like, you know, a thousand dollars and I just built it to a seven figure business. And I'm like, oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> but, you know, we just kind of, I always kind of said like, geez, if this is your second career, you know, you're starting a business at 37 
and all of a sudden doing a lot of physical labor, you know, you're pulling around 50 pound bags of flour all the time and stuff. Let's make sure this makes sense before you throw so much money into it. So once we mastered special orders, we we went on to farmers markets. Once we get a better sense of farmers markets, we hit e-commerce. And then we started doing more pop-ups and wholesale and then corporate accounts and things like that. So we basically had five big revenue streams as of March 2020. <laughs> Amazing. So just before we get into 2020, because I think it's fascinating <laughs> and I'm really curious. Yeah. So where are you like today as a business in terms of the scale that you have? I think it just helps people kind of. Yeah. So we're a six-figure business and I anticipate by the end of next year, we'll be a seven-figure business. Wow. Amazing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've been lucky. We've experienced quite a bit of growth in the last year. So. Okay. So let's hear about it. So there's basically five channels, it sounds like, at least before 2020. Yeah. So March, so our big goal for 2020 was that we were going to get into our own space. And so we wanted a production space. The space would be 80% production, but 20% retail kind of thing, because we were doing so much business with wholesale and things like that in our event business. We actually, on March 11th, looked at a space in Adams Village in Dorchester, which is a nice little neighborhood in Dorchester, and then went on to look at eight other spaces that afternoon. In the time from space one to space eight, four of my five revenue channels basically stopped just in a matter of hours. Wow. And which channels were those? So all my events canceled. All of my corporate wholesale accounts, which are like frozen dough to colleges, snacks to like tech businesses off the charts. Like, yeah, basically like all our big events, we had built so much stuff up for the Boston Marathon. (laughs) So it was terrifying. And I went to bed that night and I just said, okay, well, well, we had a good run. There's nothing you can do. Like this is of no fault of your own and whatever. And then I woke up the next morning and I wrote a blog and I just told our customers that I was nervous and I didn't know what was going to happen to us. And I was scared. And then our online store blew the hell up. Like all day long. You actually had Shopify set up back then or? Yeah. So we had had Shopify set up. We'd been using it for, I'd say six, five or six years. And strangely enough, in the fall of 19, we won a $10,000 grant through Sam Adams Brewing the American Dream Program. And they were like, well, what will you do with it? And I said, I'm investing it in our online channels because that's where we're going to get the biggest bang for the buck. So we really started to look at some ways to help us online, whether it be teaching me more about email marketing or just using more inbound marketing techniques and things like that. And then we put some of it towards packaging for our subscription service, which turned out to be a really good idea. So without knowing what storm was coming, we actually were able to like really got ourselves prepared for the storm. Amazing. And we really utilized that blog to tell our story and tell people what we were doing. And I think people really appreciated that like needed to hear those stories. You were kind of live blogging the beginning of the pandemic, like just just share the authentic truth of what you were feeling, but tell the story about how you were shifting online. Yeah, I had gotten some advice because we had used our blog primarily for our cookie of the month. Like I would tell the story behind the cookie, but somebody said, geez, you're so passionate about small business. You're so passionate about Boston. Like start telling people those stories and maybe people will start to find you online in that way. And so without knowing that my first blog was going to about like that was going to be like, hi, I think we're going to go out of business (laughs) and I'm really scared and I'm mad. I just remembered being like, you know, Ben, like I remember being really upset because you think I think as a founder, you think about how much sacrifice you put towards your business. 
And the first things I thought about were not like, geez, my little cookie business is going to go out was the time that I missed my sister's baby shower because I was doing a giant order. And like, those were things that I missed out on. And like, it was all going to be gone. It was all going to be for like, it seemingly at the time felt like no good reason. Yeah. And that stinks. Of course. (laughs) No, I mean, we all, as a founder, you can't escape those moments. Right. And I think the fact that you could have easily just like hunkered down and been nervous and scared by yourself. But the fact that you used your blog as a way to kind of authentically tell what was happening, I think I can tell from just chatting with you, like story and personality and the personal touch is a big part of the brand. And to lean into that in a moment where, you know, your four at the time, bigger channels just got canceled overnight. That's insane. But it just, it's an amazingly powerful channel is to use story and get that in front of customers. For sure. And I didn't write the blog thinking like, we're going to get all these orders. I basically wrote the blog to be like, it was kind of felt like to me, like possibly a goodbye to our customers. Like we don't, I always say we're small, but mighty. And that's our customers. We don't have a billion customers, but we have a lot of really loyal. I mean, I think we have like a 60% average return customer rate. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's March, 2020. So help us understand. So those four channels got canceled overnight. Yeah. And now, you know, you've seen major growth in online. It sounds like subscriptions maybe is driving that too. So subscriptions are a big part of it. And what ended up happening too was that a lot of businesses, larger businesses were calling me to do bulk corporate gifts, which is something that we've always been good at, to just say thank you to their employees for working from home or figuring it out. And what happened was initially we got one order from the Red Sox ticket office. The ticket manager is a good customer of mine. She wanted to send them to her for a gift. So 15 boxes go out one day. And literally the next week, we get two different calls from people who lived in houses of people who got those boxes. Wow. <laughs> and said, I want to send them to my team at 20 and I want to send them to my, so it's the old, and he told two friends and he told two friends. So we were doing gift boxes. So what happened really quickly was, I realized that our initial plan to look at a space was a good idea because we were working in a shared space that's built for 50 companies to work six at a time. Well, with social distancing, we were only, they were only allowing one company in at a time. And even you say 50% of those companies are maybe on hibernation, it was still really hard to get kitchen time. So I was trying, I was racing. At one point, we had really kind of hoped that we might be able to get our build out done by Christmas we were limited in what we could make. And so then we hit a point where I was like, we can't even make enough product. So we like quickly pivoted and started doing t-shirt sales through Printful. (laughs) It was just one thing. I was like, let's look at how we can make, because we always wear like funny cookie shirts at events. And I had posted a picture of us on Marathon Monday wearing our 26.2 cookies I can eat in one sitting, which was like just a shirt we found online. And then we just, I called my designer And I said, can you design us a t-shirt? And she said, yeah. And the next thing you knew, we were just designing more t-shirts just as a way to keep revenue coming in. Wow. So we pivoted. (laughs) We're like, cool, we'll do this. That's amazing. (laughs) I think that's a theme in your story. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I always joke, like in hockey terms, like scrappy fourth liner is the term. And I am a scrappy fourth liner. I get in the dirty areas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, I think speed is everything in in entrepreneurship and speed to change is arguably more important than anything else. And you've nailed that. All right. So now that you're rebuilding this space, 
are you really thinking of that as something that supports the online? Will it also be retail, I guess, is my other question? Yes, it will be retail as well. So the nice thing is, so what happens is you work in a shared space, right? So we have a, an address and people call me and say, hey, I'm in the parking lot of this big industrial building. Where's your store? <laughs> yeah. But we, we don't have one. So we're going to be, basically, it's a big production kitchen with a wraparound counter so that people can come in and buy things as we're making them. And we'll have a, a bakery case. And we're actually going to do a lot of Boston made products too, like almost like a, a little pantry. We're going to do ice cream cookie sandwiches and cookie fraps in the building as well. You know, we're really looking forward to it. But the thing is, is we're not counting on the retail to pay the rent. We're actually saying like the way that we currently run our online sales will pay the rent. Mm. And so the retail will be more and we'll be able to do more pickup online as well, where we do get that from people who are like, they live in Boston. They're like, why do I have to pay for shipping? (laughs) I'm like, why can't I come to you? I'm like, because it's not that simple. So a lot of things that we miss out on, like I got a message through our website the other day, like, oh, I'm at MIT. Can I pick up like 60 cookies at your bakery right now? You can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But those things, we won't miss out on those opportunities. And we're going to be able to bake 24-7 if we want to, up to 24-7, whereas in a shared space, we'd go in once a week. It's incredible. So you're really like the perfect example of like, you're bridging online, you're offline, you've got retail, you've got wholesale, you've got in-store pickup that you're working on, and you've got pure e-commerce and subscriptions. Right. Like, how has your mindset shifted on the marketing side with all of this change? So I would say this, I feel like, you know, I'm glad that we spent some time in the fall of 2019, kind of getting bigger, faster, stronger at online and mar- email marketing. And so one of the things that I actually set up as a like set it and forget it this weekend, I'm so excited about because we carry six flavors year round, but then we're much like a craft brewer where we're bringing in things seasonally or whatever. So we created a back in stock series of emails. So they go in and so, okay, the flood's back. So we have like a very quick hit email. That's just the Shopify link to get to the hit, but it just goes out to the people that have bought the flood in the past. I sent it out. We got orders right away, you know? So as soon as we're adding things back in that are like seasonal, then we have a series of emails that go out that say, okay, Castle Island chocolate's back. Anybody who's bought it in the past might be interested in getting it right away. Brilliant. So you're really using that data. Yeah. And I would say like at the beginning of the business, I would just send every email to everybody on my list. And that was... Obviously, that's not a great recipe for success, but we actually sat down and like planned out every single email that's going out in April, and most of them are built. Amazing. And I'm pretty psyched about that. <laughs> well, it's no yeah. wonder you've got such a high repeat customer rate, right? Because you're, I love what you said, taking the approach of like a, a craft brewer, right? You're releasing seasonal stuff. Right. You're pivoting on a dime to current events. And stuff related to that. You're selling t-shirts to people that buy cookies. You know, you're doing a lot that I think historically a lot of people that run online businesses might say would never work. And you're proof that actually it, it can. And really all of that is driven by, you know, leaning into the, the story and your authentic self and the local angle of Boston, even though you sell online now. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think too, like even with the shirts, that just came from a queue of this Instagram picture and people are like, where can I buy that shirt? I was like, I'm not going to tell them Amazon. Like, let's just make our own version of it. Cause then people will want to come out and support us. And they did, nice. you know, so, nice. like, whatever. 
we really listen and get very conversational on social media with people and we're always engaging them in that way. So like a lot of times we'll have people help us name cookies, if cookie flavors and things like that so that we can just always be talking to people. Oh yeah. The community kind of driven voting. I love too. Yeah. Yeah. People love it. Cause it gets them involved and in, you know, they, they want to buy smart Heather. Incredible incredible story. I love it. I'm excited. I know we've done some gifting with Top Shelf Yep. and thank you for your business. And we're going to link out in the show notes below. So definitely check out Top Shelf. Great brand. You've heard it here from Heather. It's an amazing story about pivoting and actually re-engaging in retail and in-store pickup and, and online. I love it. And we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. 